So um, we are now uh, open for questions. I posted the link up here. So I think as many people as are going to find out about this are, are coming on board here. Um, yeah, wedding pictures. Uh, by the way, yeah, we did have a photographer at the wedding. And we have not gotten those pictures yet. Yeah, we're so, still waiting. Yeah, we're still waiting for the pictures. <laughs> wow, Vienna, hey. Wow. Um, so as soon as I do get those, I'm actually going to put a little online uh, album together of our of some of the pics from our wedding and put those up on Facebook, and I'll probably share a link on Twitter uh, just so people can see that. I think I posted one or two pictures um, that we did get uh, from the from the wedding uh, immediately, but um, we have waited for wedding pictures for three months. Wow. <laughs> Wow, that's a long time. We hope to not yeah. have to wait that long for hours. Uh, wow, from the Alps, hello. Wow. Thank you very much, Teresa. I um, I very much love, love, love you guys watching my videos. <laughs> uh, okay, first question here from Sid Whittle. What was your reaction to the Grand Canyon? Um, I, what, what, why don't you answer first? What did you think? Um, at first when we were pulling up, it was kind of like, is that all? But then, <laughs> then when you go actually go up, and you go out there it's oh it's beautiful it's just crazy and, and a little intense because you feel you know like you're just looking out over this thing you could fall i'm i have a fear of heights <laughs> yeah there's i was a little surprised there was no railing and at the location we yeah. went to which was we were at the west end of the grand canyon um, and I forgot the um, name of the Indian tribe that, that controls that land. It's the a Halapai or something? Yeah. Like I don't a, know if I'm saying it right. It's an Indian <laughs> reservation there. And uh, and they had three different locations where there was access to the Grand Canyon. And we did go to the Skywalk. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Brittany. Uh, and in fact, that's why we went to that part of the Grand Canyon specifically. Yeah, that's right. The Holopai. <laughs> to see that part of the... Um, of the Grand Canyon walk out on that glass. It's a U-shaped glass skywalk that you can see down and mm -hmm. you can see like right below you. That's kind of an interesting experience. It was a little expensive, but it was it was worth it to go out there. Hey, Costa Rica. And um, yeah, there was no railing. The, the glass skywalk had a railing. There was no way you're gonna fall off of that. Right. But the other locations, the two other locations where we could go to and get pictures and stuff, we had to be a little careful because um, you could just go right off the side. I mean, it was, there was nothing preventing that from happening. Um, but it was, I thought, personally, once we actually saw the bit of the Grand Canyon we could see, that it was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Absolutely gorgeous. Huge, huge, much bigger than I thought it was going to be. Um, and, uh, yeah, Brittany says, I lived half an hour from it for years and never did the Skywalk. Uh, yeah, I think the Skywalk is actually fairly recent mm -hmm. addition. I don't know that you could have. Um, yeah, but it's glass. Yeah, because it was, um, uh, I think, like, in the last couple of years, yeah, they, was it? they yeah. said they built it. It was in the 2000s. Yeah. So, yeah, oh, it was in the 2000s that yeah. they put it up? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so that's, uh, you know, that was our Grand Canyon adventure. We were there for, like, what, a morning? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, we had a little bit of a misadventure getting there um, because we were on a road trip and we went, you know, all big loop through the southwest. And um, the and we I did not do my research. I kind of winged it on going to the Grand Canyon. And so when we sh we went to where we thought the Skywalk was supposed to be, Peach, Peach, Springs, Peach Springs, yeah, and it ended up being like two hours off of where it actually is located. We went way southeast mm -hmm. of it. Uh, to the, I guess, the administrative 
headquarters of the Halapai Indian Reservation. Mm-hmm. And we drove there, and then we were kind of like, oh, well, this is not the Grand Canyon yeah. <laughs> at all. So then we ended up staying at... Um, staying Kingman, that's right. In Kingman, Arizona, we stayed overnight there. And then we drove up from Kingman up to uh, the actual Skywalk location and then had a good time there and got back on the road. So that was uh, was our Grand Canyon adventure. Um, Oh, got to ask, did the dance lessons prove to be successful? (laughs) (laughs) Um, The wedding was really awesome. It actually came off really well. Um... But why don't you say what happened <laughs> at the we did our we were doing our first dance and we yeah. were doing it to Elvis Presley Can't Help Falling in Love. Yep, that was our song. And, and we had done three lessons. Yeah. And, and then, um at the actual wedding the song started and then it stopped. <laughs> did, and we didn't know what to do. And then of course, uh some of my family and friends belong to a crowd group, and they're all very good singers. So they all just started singing, and everybody else in the group started singing, too. So everyone was singing our song, so we got to finish our dance. We got to finish our dance to everyone singing it to us. It was amazing. <laughs> I You could not have planned anything like that. It was totally spontaneous. And we had chosen a song that most people kind of know when yeah. you when you hear it, you know. I can't help falling in love with you. And so it was actually, yeah, it was kind of magical. It was really quite, it was, it was really, for me, it was actually probably the most memorable part of the Mm -hmm. wedding uh, other than the vows part, you know, which of course was very significant for, for us. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, so that was, that, that was kind of fun. And so the dance lessons did pay off because, because then when I did my first dance with my mom, or not first dance, but the mom son dance, and then you did your dance with mm-hmm. your dad. I think we were better prepped for those. Yeah, yeah. Because of that, so that was that was cool. <laughs> so yes. Uh, okay, let's see here. So somebody else asked. Um, Jeremy Baker asked. I love seeing you guys. Happy. How did you guys meet? Well, um, so we first met at this place called a Secular Hub here in Denver for all of us heathens that don't have religion, and uh, we met there and we kind of saw each other but we didn't really get to know each other until our friend Helen came into town she's uh, a mutual friend she's a stand-up comic in her spare time so we met uh, through her she was out here staying with Chris and we all went out one night to see her comedy and then Chris and I got to talking and Chris liked me and won me over so (laughs) yeah so I was like hey we should go out and and Melissa's like well you know as friends and I'm like yeah as friends <laughs> we should go out as friends and then um i think it was three weeks yeah yeah something like that three, yeah four weeks. then we were kind of like yeah maybe we're maybe we can do more than that so yes then we had real official dates and stuff so yeah yeah, yeah so that's kind of how that went um footage required <laughs> no there was no footage uh let's see polymath how many current church of scientology members do you think secretly watch you you are a great advertisement for leaving the church and having a great life outside thank you very much polly for that um i god that's actually a really good question 
I get, you know, 10 to 12 down votes on my videos pretty routinely. I think those come from Scientologists uh, or pro-Scientology people watching my videos, you know, a lot. Um, like on a regular basis, I get, I've been getting more Scientology commenters on my YouTube channel recently. I found that kind of interesting. So maybe more than I think I, you know, I'm going to throw out there maybe 10 or 20, but I, I don't know. I don't know how much, how it's, 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 it's a difficult question to answer because it's really hard to tell, um, who's watching, but I, but I do know from emails and stuff that I get that I definitely do have Scientology watchers. So I'll, I'll throw those numbers out there. Let's see. Uh, welcome to the insanity of marriage. Yes. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> Where's mom? I love your mom. Uh, yeah. Mom is in California. Uh, that's where my mom is. Uh, your mom is in New York. New York. Yeah. And, um, and then you bet your stepmom who was actually, yeah. yeah, at the, who was actually at the wedding. So, <laughs> Uh, I could do an anonymous poll on Twitter to find out. You know, that's true. Maybe I should. Maybe I should try that. I'll. I'll, I'll give that a go. Uh, let's see here. Do you, any of you? Uh, do either of you know a Tracy Bates from Denver who works at Ameritrade? Mm-hmm. Um, no. Do not know her. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Um, let's see. Oh, uh, Chiara Brugali asks, what can you tell me? I hope I didn't butcher your name just there. What can you tell me about Scientology in Italy? Uh, okay. So Italy actually was a very hot place for Scientology in the eighties and nineties. Actually, I think it was in the nineties. They had radio shows. There was uh, a couple very, very prominent, um, Italian Scientologists who were doing a lot of PR work, media, uh, for Scientology. And the, um, um, I'm trying to remember the, the place, um, in Italy, there was a, there was a, an organization. One of the churches in Italy was, uh, famous, for its body routing, for its ability to get lots of bodies in to, uh, oh, my name was perfect. Okay, good. Um, get lots of bodies into the church. They were, they were really good at it. And they were, in fact, so much so that they were promoting how they were doing it to the rest of Scientology all over the world. And Italy was, um, was, a, was a very active hotspot. I think, actually, Hubbard even mentioned when he was still alive, I think back in the 70s is when there was an Italian Scientologist who started doing on Italian television, I think it was um, local cable access television or something like that, but somehow this guy ended up on TV in Italy giving what was called the Anatomy of the Human Mind course uh, to, to Italy through the TV. And uh, that became, and Hubbard recognized that person, and it was a big deal, and so Italy really, um, really took off. And then, more recently, I think there was, there were some police raids, there was some crackdown, and I think in the last 10, 15, 20 years, it's kind of tanked in Italy. I've never, I've never really, in the 2000s on, I didn't really hear very much about Scientology in Italy. So that's what I can say on that. Uh, then what's the update on Shelly? Genevieve Lenore asks, uh, there is no update. We have the same information we've always had. No, no new news. Um, oh, we were promised a picture of the engagement ring. Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> that <laughs> is both of, them. both of them. Yes, that's my wife's wedding ring and engagement ring there. 
<laughs> so there's the picture. There's the snapshot. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't get that to you guys. Um, let's see. What suggestions will you give to religious organizations who want to avoid becoming cult-like? Sari Brett asks. I did a talk in Minnesota um, on my channel um, that discusses... Uh, let's see if I can pull it up here. Uh, it was a recent post um, that I did. And I think it's called How to Not Be Culty or something like that. And that video would be my answer to your question on that. Because I go over in that talk, we discussed um, organizationally or sort of for groups. I was talking to pagan groups, but it really applies to anyone. Um, how to not be culty. And I think that would be the, um, the one you would want. And I'm looking for it right now. Uh, let's see here. Scientology. Uh, yeah, a talk on Scientology and how to not be culty. And that was two months ago that I posted that video. And it's on my channel, so you can check that out. Uh, okay, let's see here. Sis will never return my money. Correct. Manfred Mayer asks, is my, is my estimation that the Church of Scientology will never return my money correct? Well, I don't know any of the circumstances of your situation off the top of my head, Manfred, but I would say, depending on where you're located and how much money and where it's coming from, it's a bit of a, a I, I'd have to say maybe yes, maybe no. Um, hard to tell. You know, people, I have helped people get their money back from the church uh, by kind of giving them some advice and stuff. You have to be very persistent um, and very nice to them. You can't be mean or nasty. You just have to kind of play by their rules and follow their guidelines and do what they say. And you eventually will get your money back. At least that's what I've seen. Um, but not, but not always. So it's, it, it's, you know, it's a, it's a tough question to answer with so little information, but, um, I would not necessarily assume you're not going to get your money back if you persist and are cooperative with them. Jeremy asked, do you get harassed by Scientology at home? No, not really. I get trolled. I get comments. I get weird emails sometimes. But at home here in the real world, no. And Melissa's very happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is your whole family out of Scientology? Yes, they are. Um, do I want to buy your Bark 5e meter? No, I do not. Um Fred asks, what do you think makes Italian pr it Italian prone to be attracted by Scientology? I don't think there's anything special about Italy that makes them any more prone to Scientology than anybody else. I think they just got really excited about the possibilities of what they were hearing about. And Scientology at its lower levels has a lot of appeal. And if you didn't know anything about the toxicity of Scientology, which no one knew in the 90s, by the way, um, then it would be very appealing you know, it would look very interesting, and I think that's why it took off, and I think that's probably why it's tanking now, is because people know it's not so great. Um, okay, let's see here. God, these are great questions. I'm getting flooded with them. Um, will you be doing any more videos on the cult aspects of Mormonism, Genevieve asks. Uh, yes, I'm sure I will. There will be more videos with the three apostates, and uh, which is me and Lloyd Evans, uh, who is an XJW. And uh, uh, Jonathan Streeter, who is an ex-Mormon. And uh, we will be talking about those things. Um, 
Okay, what is Girl Scout cookies or Granddaddy Perp? <laughs> They're asking about marijuana streets. <laughs> oh, um, you want to take that one? Well, I don't think I've ever had Granddaddy Perp, so I guess I'll go with Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, I haven't either. Uh, so yeah, no, wouldn't wouldn't be able to know. I think uh, what what was the uh, what do we got here? This is uh, we got poison or something. poison. Uh, as our and our, our vape pen here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the strain we've had. We've had the Spec Ops. Yeah. Mango Tango. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, any idea when season three of Aftermath will start? I know that it is in pre, it's in production right now. I do not have a date on when it will be coming out. Um. Okay, updates on going into the mental health field. Yes, I have an um, academic paper that is uh, submitted for peer review right now that I did with a with a John Stewart, a friend of mine from the UK, who is an academic. And we have plans for another academic paper to be submitted this year. Those are necessary steps for me, um, I think, to um, getting... Um, some validation in the academic field that could lead to me getting to skip a couple years in the college, pro, you know, degree process. Um, so, no, not the John Stewart. Uh, John Stewart, my friend from the UK, who is a college professor uh, there. So uh, that's that's the that's the update on that. Uh, it's still in the works. It's still in the planning stages, um, and I am still very seriously considering it. I would, I would very much like to um, pursue clinical psychology and uh, and research in that field. Uh, E-meter video coming along slowly but surely. Uh, it will be part of that basics of Scientology. The next one of which will be on the tone scale, and um, I I think see new subjects keep popping up to do videos on, like this one about superpowers this last week that I did. Uh, this stuff just comes up, and then I want to shoot off a one-off, and then another one, and another one. And so the Basics of Scientology series, which will have that E-meter video and every other part of Scientology tech in it, um, is, the, is the, the ongoing, you know, things that I'm creating to put that out there. So, it, uh, so those things will, will be coming. Uh, hey, Tampa, Florida. Um, only hearing the audio but not seeing anything. Oh, hmm. I hope not. I know we're seeing video on our end of the video, so I, I hope nobody else is getting blocked out on the, the video end. Yeah. I would not know what to do to debug that. Um, yeah. Anyway, okay. Melissa, were you a Scientologist? Uh, no, I was never a Scientologist. Uh, I got lucky with my family, and we grew up pretty secular, you know. So <laughs> didn't have didn't have to worry about getting out of any kind of weird religious nonsense or anything. <laughs> yeah, we're both pretty atheist. Mm -hmm. uh, although I, I mean, I more accurately say agnostic. For me, atheist. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, great. Let's see what else we got here. Um, the superpowers one was awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, good. Yeah, you can see the can see you in here. Good. Uh, yep. Tie fighter in the background. <laughs> Got some Lego kits back there. Um, why don't we Sweden? Okay, I'll skip that. Uh, let's see. Have you? Oh, okay. 
Carl asks, have you been to or spent any time in Clearwater? I have. I've been to Clearwater three times. I've never been there. I've never been in Florida. <laughs> nope. Yeah, I've been down. I went down actually more than three times. I went down to Clearwater once when I was a Sea Org member uh, to FLAG uh, in 1996 for the uh, for a briefing from David Miscavige. Not to just me personally, but to a whole room of people. I was a management person, and I went there along with the senior tech people from all the churches around the world. So it was a pretty full room. And we had a three-day briefing from Miscavige on the golden age of tech, uh, which was his revision of Scientology training. And so that, um, then that was the very first time I went to Clearwater. And then after I left Scientology, I went down to uh, Tampa uh, and that area, I think, two, two or three times. I've been down there for various things. So uh, is it safe to visit Clearwater? Yeah, absolutely. Of course it is. Uh, Clearwater is a great place. Very nice. Um, oh, here's a good question. What did you know about Scientology before <laughs> meeting me? I, not a lot. I knew basically, you know, the goofy stuff I heard about Tom Cruise and then the, the South Park episode. <laughs> That's about what I knew. That, that, that was about it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Genevieve also asked, what's the legal landscape looking like for Scientology? Well, kind of as it always has. I have discouraged people from going after Scientology legally because they kind of own that landscape in many ways. Mm. But uh, keep up on Tony Ortega's blog because Laura DiCrescenzo's case that she is bringing against them for, I'm thinking, forced abortion and, um, and some other nonsense they got up to with her is moving forward. It's taken years. It's taken a, a great deal of money and time and resources to make that happen. Um, there have been a lot of legal hurdles that they have had to cross, but they have successfully gotten over most of those. And it looks like it's almost a fully green light to get in front of a jury finally. I think it has taken her something like seven years or something in order to get that far. You know, people have this idea, they watch uh, Law and Order, and they think, you know, the discovery phase is like nothing, and, and it gets right to the jury right away, and it's like, no, not in these cases, it doesn't. It can, and Scientology will drag these things out for years. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you know, it's not, not a lot of fun taking on Scientology legally. Um, I know, I don't have any update also on Russia. I'm very curious, actually, what's happening there. Um, because Scientology was, you know, about to get nixed from uh, from there, so I'll have to get an update on that and let you guys know. Uh, let's see, is it safe to clear? I hope to get superpowers once I join uh, Scientology at Chris. I was listening to it twice. Oh, good. I'm glad you guys liked that superpowers video. I, I I was really a little surprised by the by the number of positive responses to it. That was really good. Um. Oh, Jeremy asked, when I lived in Denver, I was bombarded with Jehovah's Witnesses. Is there a huge JW presence in Denver, or was I just unlucky? You're the Denver native here. Um, I mean, I know there's Jehovah's Witnesses around, but I never thought it was, like, a, a major problem or anything. So I guess you're just unlucky. I mean, I've had them come to my door a few times, but not really, not really recently. Yeah, I, yeah. I, certainly not to our apartment. I've never seen a JW openly here proselytizing in the couple of years that I've been here. Yeah, it's I haven't had one in a while. I did have one a couple of years ago where my sister and I were in a restaurant and they came in and started doing like some kind of song. <laughs> wow. I don't know if it was JWs or some other Christian cult, but it was weird. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, why is David so press shy, Portal Player asks. I guess I mean David Miscavige, um, because he doesn't want to be asked the hard questions. He lives in a very cloistered, easy, comfortable world. And I don't think David Miscavige sees any need or desire to step out of that cloistered world because he's a coward. And he is not going to stand up for Scientology in the public forum, in the world of real ideas and real criticism. He doesn't have anything intelligent to say, um, you know, which is why he doesn't come out and say anything. And also, the re- he doesn't come out, and I, that's one of the reasons, I believe, that he really could care less about getting new Scientologists on board. Because if he did, he'd be out there trying to repair Scientology's toxic brand, and he doesn't do that. And it would go a long way towards um, giving Scientology some degree of credibility if he could come out and give positive responses and reactions and answer his critics in a, in a uh, sensible fashion. But the truth is that Scientology doesn't allow sensible responses to itself because it's a little crazy. So that's the problem he's faced with, and he chooses to hide rather than face the music. Uh, let's see. And da, 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 good, great. These are great comments. You guys are awesome today. Um, is it safe? Just kind of creepy around the mecca. Carl Tyndall asks. Oh, this is in regards to Clearwater. Yeah, Clearwater is a completely safe place. And as I understand it, downtown Clearwater is actually a wonderful place to go to hang out, um, as long as you just avoid the Scientologists. And they hide in their buildings. So they're not out and about doing a lot of proselytizing or trying to snatch people off the streets or anything like that. Perfectly safe there. Uh, you know, it's just, it is super creepy around the Mecca and around the Scientology buildings because they have security cameras everywhere and guards and they're, and they're kind of just very stone face and creepy people, the Scientologists are. The other people in Clearwater are fine, uh, as I understand it. So... Uh, Justine Salisbury, have you ever been to the Scientology Church in Boston? I have not. I've not been to the East Coast, and you've been to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever been to Boston? No, never been to Boston. Been to New York. Been to New Jersey. Been to Pennsylvania. I'm trying to think if I've been anywhere else on the East Coast. I think that's it. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. I I want to do a road trip with her on the East Coast because I've never been over there. Uh, farthest I've been is Kentucky and Clearwater. And uh, uh, HowdyCon last year, I think, was uh, on the Great Lakes. I can't remember w- mm. what city that was. But um, I really want to go over there. And I will be in Philadelphia uh, July 4th weekend to speak at the uh, ICSA, the International Cultic Studies Association Conference. I'll be doing a presentation there. And a panel, and I'll be on a panel discussion as well. And that will be in Philadelphia. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, so if you're in that area, you might want to check out that ICSA conference. And uh, I'm going to go check out the Philly Church while I'm there, because I'm going to be there for a few days. Wow, hello from Jerusalem. Do you know uh, Scientology is very active in Israel? Just curious, since this is a hot spot for religions. There is a Scientology church there. I don't think they get to call themselves a church in Israel, but they are in Tel Aviv. There is a Scientology full-on ideal organization. And I think that's about all the presence they have in, in Israel. There's an independent group also, um, Dan something, Danny something's group. Um, and I'm sorry, I can't remember where it's located. If you look it up on uh, Tony Ortega's blog, he's interviewed Danny. Um, uh, starts with a W. I'm so it's so awful that I'm forgetting his name right now. But he's an independent Scientologist. Oh, Haifa, in Haifa, they had a Scientology mission. 
and they just went, the whole mission just went, yeah, we're done with the church, and they are doing their own brand of Scientology uh, there in Israel. So that's uh, that's what I know about as far as that goes. Do I think uh, Scientology killed Sean Lonsdale? Um, I do not have enough information on that. I know the case, but I don't have enough information to be able to say yes or no uh, off the top of my head. I've had this question in my mind. Did Scientology ever get involved in human trafficking? Yes, Escari Navarro. Yes, they they very much have. The RPF is absolutely human trafficking. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the nonsense that goes on with their lying to people and bringing them into the Sea Org in Clearwater from Russia, from Hungary, from European countries, Austria. um, That's human trafficking, no question about it. Uh, And it's hard to prove in a lot of ways, it's very, very hard to bring that to a court, um, but it, it does. But it's pretty obvious that it's happening. Let's see. Um, yeah, OT powers knocking hats off all over the world. Um, would you invite a JW for a talk if they knocked? Probably not. Um, you know, it's not really my mission in life to sit down for hours at a time with a person and try to deconvert them when they're there trying to proselytize to me. So I probably wouldn't. But it might depend on the situation. Um, it might depend on how much time I had on my hands that day and what the circumstances of it were. But, I mean, good luck with them getting to us. We're in an apartment <laughs> complex behind a locked gate. Within, in the, each building is locked. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm pretty fair game free here and uh, pretty free from any JW influence. Uh, oh, thank you very much, Brain Trusts. Yes, Susanna Rutherford, this is my new wife. <laughs> this is Melissa. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see here. Um, next question. Is Scientology still making money now that the brand is poisoned? Uh, Fred Fodgeston asks. Yeah, they are. That's why I made my Superpowers video. That's why I keep doing the work I'm doing. When Scientology's like gone, you won't hear about Scientology from me anymore. Uh, that's, you know, that's kind of the point of my, my activism with it. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, Melissa, we know Chris loves Star Wars. What are some of your interests? Um, I, yeah, I love movies as well. Uh, I love anything to do with Batman. That's pretty, pretty big. <laughs> as he nods his head. And I love that she loves Batman. <laughs> yeah, into movies, into books, into reading, and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, what else am I into? I like to write as well, make videos, that kind of thing, so. Film school grad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Master's degree in script writing. Right here. This is talent. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we, and, and um, we, she has some ideas for some uh, short film mm-hmm. and, and a TV series and stuff she wants to do. And I have been very much encouraging her to get the treatments and the scripts written for those things. And, uh, <laughs> and we might work on stuff yeah. in that sense. We'll see. See what happens. Um, let's see. Okay. Shimuxel asks, I have a very close relative. Oh, Shimmy XL. I have a very close relative that has been in Sea Org for over 40 years. Is there any chance he's aware something is not right about Scientology? Absolutely. There is, there is, um, the people in the Sea Org absolutely are aware that there are problems with Scientology. They, they might not be aware of 
all of the problems. In fact, there's no way they're, that they know everything. Otherwise, they'd leave the Sea Org like I did. Uh, most of them are very moral, upright people. They're good folks. Uh, but they are totally invested in the life choice they've made to forward Scientology's purposes and, and commit their life to that. So when you've made that level of a commitment, it takes a lot of evidence and work over to get the person to change their mind about that kind of, that kind of commitment. So, excuse me. So that's, uh, so uh, yeah, they probably know that there's something up. And my suggestion in discussing Scientology with people who were in it has always been um, to ask questions and get them talking to you about what they think about Scientology and about the Sea Org and their life in it. And if there's any, and then, and then very slowly, very slow. You've got to be really patient about it. But get them to tell you what they think is wrong rather than you telling them what's wrong. Because you telling them what's wrong with Scientology and the Sea Org, they're not going to accept it. They're not going to buy into it until they, until a whole safe kind of conversation is set up and they're telling you things. And that's, that's a better way to approach that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, no real problems with crime. Yeah, Clearwater's a nice town, very safe. Um, if I go to Boston, bring a map. Oh, okay. Good advice. <laughs> I, have, I have Google Maps. I got that. <laughs> um, will there be any further discussions with Ross and Carrie? I sure hope so. Um, it, we just posted a podcast where we talked about the ghost hunting adventures. I love Ross and Carrie. They are wonderful people, and I very much hope to be able to collaborate with them again in the future. But we don't have any current plans to do so. But, you know, the ghost hunting adventure was completely random. <coughs> I had no idea that was going to happen. And I hope that, um, you know, something like that can come up again. Um, oh, Aftershock says he's a Denver native too. Used to be a ton of JWs at the door. Um, oh, then you actually got an insider to stop, get them to stop coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see here. Uh, late congratulations from Germany. Thank you, Hans. Um, thrilled for you too. Would you leave Chris for <laughs> Batman? I don't think I would because, I mean, you know, like Batman's exciting in in that sense but then at the same time you'd have to deal with all the batman stuff like he's gone all the time he's getting beat up all the time i don't know (laughs) batman does lead a rough life (laughs) yes secrecy (laughs) could chris play batman No, not with this tummy. I couldn't. I got no. I got zero abs going on here. I got negative abs happening right now. Uh, ha- oh, has Melissa and your son Josh gotten to meet each other? Uh, no, they, uh, we have not. He's in Australia. I went. She was not able to go. I'm hoping that in the future we can do a trip. Yeah, that'd be nice. He he does know about her. He is Facebook friends with me. I did have a conversation with him about it. Um, so uh, I guess he's had two stepmoms now for my ex-wife also. But uh, but this one's a lot more. You know, there's a lot more potential for real world contact. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, would you consider going to an anime convention? Um, anime is not really my thing. I don't know. What would you, would you want to go? Um, it's not huge on my list. I mean, I'd go if somebody else was going probably, but yeah, yeah. I, was, I know like my stepsister would probably go to something like that. Yeah. Your stepsister <laughs> yeah. loves anime. Uh, not really into anime a lot. So I, I don't, not really. 
No. Uh, let's see here. Never had a JW come out my door. Seen the daily. Why do you think most of he's a superhero? Ah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see here. What's the? Oh, when is the event in Chicago? CowdyCon? No, it's HowdyCon, Heather. And um, that is happening. Let me see here. HowdyCon is the weekend of uh, June twenty third. It's uh, in Chicago there on the 21st, 22nd, 23rd. And you can get all the details on it on Tony Ortega's blog. Uh, Let's see here. He's got a little blurb on it every day, and there's a website you can go to and stuff. Um, Oh, Philly is weirdly set up, so Google Maps is your friend. Yes, I'm sure that is true. Okay, Carl Tindall asks, do you think any of the living Hubbards will ever speak out about their father, the cult, Miscavige? I'm sure they'll... They're well paid to keep quiet, but it's interesting that no one has ever reached out to them. Um, well, there's uh, Hubbard's granddaughter, who is by choice not speaking out, and it's not because the church is paying her off. Uh, I think she just wants her privacy. And then we have Jamie um, uh, DeWolf, who definitely speaks out all over the place, and he's Hubbard's great-grandson. Um, I don't... I don't think any other living Hubbards have any interest in, in in wrangling with that or or speaking out or doing anything with that. I think they would uh, just as well be left alone and get on with their lives free of Scientology influence. That's that's how I've sort of uh, seen that. Um, oh, Kathy Lund asked, do you think the new GDPR regulations will cause major problems for Scientology? I think they have the potential to. And I think it's going to depend a lot. Uh, this is the EU regulations on privacy and how people have, can, should have access to their personal information that organizations collect. This is why everybody's seeing all these new privacy agreements thrown at you from every single person you've ever signed up with ever on the internet. I've been flooded with with new new. We've updated our terms of service and agreements, <laughs> and privacy information. So that's why that's happening. And um, I think that that is going to create some problems for Scientology. I'm very curious how that's going to play out. I have not commented on it. I've been asked questions about this before. I'm not familiar enough with EU law, and I'm not going to do, go do a deep dive into EU law to figure it all out. I'm just going to watch it play out, but I'm, I'm, I see potential for people to get their pre-clear folders, and if that starts happening, we're going to see a whole new level of exposure of what goes on in Scientology that we have not seen before. Because... Um, I, you know, I'm not really talked about it much, but the information in people's preclear folders, uh, the confidential files that they keep on you, is quite extensive, and it should be it would be very interesting if some of that started getting out to the public. Uh, oh, Melissa, who are some of your favorite directors? Well, um, my favorites are like Terry Gilliam, Christopher Nolan, Julie Taymor, um, yeah, people like that. These are probably my top three. <laughs> I like Christopher Nolan a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um, Gillum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little too weird for Chris. A <laughs> little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. That that was to Melissa, so I won't answer that. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, how old's my son Josh? Uh, 27, I think. 27, 28. Um, his birthday is November 21st. I've never forgotten that, but how old he is, I'm a little gray on over the years because I suck. Uh, let's see. Uh, Melissa, looking to expand your family, children or pets? 
Well, we've got Seven, who's... Yeah. Oh, my God, you should see him right now. He's, like, so... Look at this guy. He's just laying there on the... <laughs> He's, like, doing this whole cute laying on the ground thing right now. Laying on his back with his feet in the air. Yeah. Um, no plans for kids right now. That could change in the future. Um, right now, no. And that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> um... Oh, yeah, what did his holiness seven think of Chris when he moved in? <laughs> well, he seemed like Chris pretty much right away because he came out for him the first time Chris ever came over to my house, which is weird. He never comes out the first time for anybody. He's a very shy kitty, but, uh, yeah, but they, they've had their, their moments because... Seven likes to get up on things and get into places he's not supposed to go. and <laughs> He's a little ornery little cat. Yes, he is. And I do have a little allergy to his to his fur. Um, you know, it's not that bad. And uh, and so it's been pretty cool. But we keep him out of the bedroom. Because mm-hmm. uh, I can't have cat hair on the bed. It'll just, I won't ever get any sleep. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, okay, wow. We're getting some uh, interesting questions here. What's your favorite animal? Um, seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I definitely love cats. I volunteer at an animal shelter. And yeah, helping yeah. out the cats. So. <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. She actually mentors a teen and volunteers. They do volunteering at a cat shelter every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she's, she's awesome. <laughs> Rob Smith, is God a lie? What's the meaning of life? Um... Wow. I, I don't know if God is a lie. Uh, I think that's an impossible question to answer with yeah. certainty. Um, but I do think that there are a lot of people who tell lies mm-hmm. about God in order to further their own agendas. Mm. And I will, I'm quite certain about that. Yeah. And, um, and as far as the meaning of life, I don't know that life has a meaning. I think its meaning is about as much as you put into it. Mm-hmm. Your own definition of what it is, you know. For me, it's just living this life because I don't know if there's anything after it, so I've got to make this one good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, oh, yeah, people are loving you uh, Tara on Terry Gillum. Oh, nice. Brazil, yes. yes. Brazil. <laughs> Love the weird. Um, why do you wear your wedding ring on your right hand? This is my left hand. <laughs> left hand. Uh, let's see here. Um, go have some delicious ice cream. Okay. Right away. All right. Sounds good. Yep, we will be doing that. We actually are going to a birthday party mm-hmm. this afternoon, so... Um, Oh, Jeremy Baker, I signed a petition for signed dollars to lose tax exemption. Uh, how possible is it they will lose their status? Um, it's a slim chance at best um, because the petition is great. We want all the support. We want people. Oh, wow. Uh, somebody just uh, gave 10 bucks. Thank you. Thank you very much. We appreciate the support. <laughs> Keeps the channel going. Um, really, thank you. Thank you a lot. Um, on the tax exemption, it's a slim chance because, and I've discussed this in detail on this channel with uh, Jeffrey Augustine on my Sensibly Speaking podcast, and I encourage you to look, to look those up and listen to them. If you just do a search on my channel for tax exemption or IRS or anything like that, it'll, those podcasts will come up. And um, the the problem, that the, the, the pragmatic problem with removing Scientology's tax exemption is that the people who should, whose job it is to do that sort of work, aren't there in the IRS right now due to some de- due to some con- congressional downsizing. So uh, that's that's a problem, and uh, and that needs a lot of work. And so a lot more pressure would need to be exerted on the IRS before they would take uh, that 
idea seriously. Um, holy smokes, Chris, you don't look old enough to have a 27-year-old son. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that comment. I really appreciate that because, unfortunately, I am old enough to have a 27-year-old <laughs> son. I was 21 when he was uh, conceived. Um, okay, we did answer, for people who were asking about how we met, we did answer that earlier on in this video, so it will go up today, and you can get the answer to that question. Um, Charles Xavier, what do you think happens when you die? Do you still believe in reincarnation? I do not. I have hopes for such things, but I do not believe that that is the case. I believe that we just end, and I have a, emotionally, I have a very hard time with that concept, so I am open to other ideas. Uh, but they're hopes, not beliefs. Mm-hmm. And what do you? What would you say? Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily believe in reincarnation either, just because it seems sort of unfair to me. Like you get reincarnated, but you don't get to know what you did in the past. <laughs> that would, yeah, that would kind of suck. Actually, <laughs> it's kind of a weird system. Why do you have to forget everything between lives or yeah. whatever? You know. Uh, let's see here. Uh, thank you for mentoring teens. Yep. Yeah, thank you. Um, have I ever been hassled by Scientology since starting my YouTube channel? Again, I talked about this earlier. Yes, uh, there has been some hassling, but nothing really in, in real life. Um, would you ever consider watching Daria? Daria. Daria. What's, what's that? <laughs> it was a spinoff of uh, Beavis and Butthead, one of the characters. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. It was a little different than their show because she was, she was a little smarter. Oh. Are, you know, like she was kind of the smart, dark teen. Okay. So I really okay. I used to watch it. Oh my God. Get, get him yeah. in here, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to resist me? Yeah, yeah he's. <laughs> Come here. Let me get him. There, there we go. <laughs> here he is. This is Seven, the Wonder Cat. He's. <laughs> <laughs> He was just uh, he was just scraping up on me from behind and clawing me, but then he doesn't want to make a public appearance. <laughs> he's, he's kind of funny that way. He's very shy, except when he's not, and it's kind of impossible to predict. Mm-hmm. We had a, we had a couple uh, folks come and feed him while we were away for a week on our honeymoon, mm-hmm. and we thought, well, he's just going to hide the mm-hmm. whole time. He's going to hide from you. You're never going to see him. And instead, he was out doing high fives. One of our friends yeah. was sending, Ruth, uh, my, my best friend, was sending us videos of her high-fiving seven uh, while we were out on the road. So we were kind of like... <laughs> she bribed him. Okay, cool. Go go seven, you know? So we can never really tell what he's going to be up to. Uh, let's see here. Oh, you just got here. Somebody told me Mrs. Critical's name. It's Melissa. <laughs> Mrs. Critical. <laughs> Uh, never go back to wait till 2020. Yes. Um, what happened? Oh, okay. Here's a question for you. What would happen if you met Chris 10 years ago? Would you fall in love or have a big fight? Are you Chris now really a totally different person than the Scientologist Chris? Yeah, I don't know what would happen if we met 10 years ago. He'd still have been in Scientology, so that would have been mm-hmm. probably a big problem. Because I, I, like I was saying earlier, I've never really. I've been pretty secular my whole life, so, I mean, it, there was, like, a time where I kind of did, like, tarot and stuff like that, but I was never super religious, so I think 
trying to make it work with this Scientologist just may not have worked out so well. Yeah, plus uh, 10 years ago, I was, I mean, we, we'll, we'll put aside that I was a Sea Org member and I was married. <laughs> uh, you know, was I, my, was I a completely different person? No, I was not a completely different person, but I was a much more arrogant person. And I was a much more willfully ignorant person. Especially when it came to Scientology, I had um, I had very weird ideas about how the world worked, and my and and how good I was at stuff and that kind of thing. I had a big ego, um, and that was Scientology's influence. And so I've been much I've been humbled greatly <laughs> by the real world uh, since leaving Scientology. So I think uh, when we first met and and then started getting along, it was after a lot of that mm-hmm. had come into play. And so I was much more down to earth and a little bit more real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, are you planning to study soon? Soon enough. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking in the next year or two. Oh, thank you, Heather. Uh, thank you for that uh, little boost there. Appreciate it. Uh, very much so. Uh, oh, where is Melissa's degree from? Well, um, my first degree is from CU Denver, my bachelor's, and then um, I actually went backwards and got my film degree, which was just an associate's from the Colorado Film School, and then my master's degree is from Full Sail University. So. <laughs> cool. Yeah, she did the online program. Mm-hmm. I think for science to do the GDP. Well, we talked about the GDP earlier in the video. So when this posts, by the way, for those of you who are coming on now and might have missed the first uh, half or part of this video, we've answered some of these questions and they'll be posted uh, later today so you can check them out. So we're not ignoring your questions. We've already answered them. That's why we're moving, moving through here. Um, let's see here. Do you ever go to St. Hill Manor? No. I, Chris, did you ever go to St. Hill Manor? If you did, what did you do there? No. I've never been to England. I've never been to St. Hill Manor, and I very much want to go there, uh, just to see it. I don't want to go to St. Hill Manor and protest or, or be weird to them, but I would love to just get my eyes on the place, because I'm very familiar with the whole, with the grounds and what, what's there and everything, but I've never seen East Grinstead. I'd love to see the little village, the town that's there, and, and see what it's like uh, as a former Scientologist. Uh, let's see, do you guys get recognized in public? Um, been asked for photographs to your YouTube channel or appearing on Leah's show. Uh, yes, I have. And it um, is always kind of weird for me. <laughs> we haven't had it when we're out together, but it has happened to me. Um, and, I, and I'll tell you one funny story real fast. I, I think I've said this before. I'm not sure. But one time I was, uh, one time I got tickets to, uh, I think it was The Forest Awakens when it first came out. And I was going to see it at the opening premiere. But then I had to go out of town. And I think it was to go be on Leah's show. Uh, it was that weekend, and so I obviously dumped the tickets in order to go, but I tried to sell them online, or I did sell them online, and then the person I sold them to ended up being somebody who was subscribed to my channel, and once we got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm Chris Shelton, send me the, you know, send me the money for the tickets, he was like, are you the Chris Shelton? And I was like, what do you mean, the Chris Shelton? And he's like, dude, I watch your channel, and I, oh my god, so that was kind of fun. <laughs> That way, I, you know, just stupid stuff like that happens, but I don't, it's not like I can't go out in public or anything. I'm not, <laughs> nothing like that. Um, what is this question, DIY girl? Do you guys like slime? I do not understand <laughs> your question. You keep asking that and it doesn't make sense to me. So, uh, please clarify. Uh, 
Did you ever exteriorize? Jacob Kahn asks. Um, yes, I did experience what I thought was exteriorization um, in Scientology. I did not perceive visually uh, the room or myself or anything, but I felt bigger. That was always how I described it as I felt expansive and big and the hair on my arm stood up and it was very electrifying. Uh, but that's that's that was my experience of it. Um, let's see, Charles Xavier asks a very honest question. Do you ever feel like you had to act like a D-bag around staff because you were SO? Yes, I did feel like I had to do that. And um, I very much had to curb my, my joking and more funny nature um, because I had to be more serious and, you know, guys, got to talk, talk, let's go, get the production going, this kind of thing. Um, and it always felt odd and weird to me, and I didn't really like it. But, yeah, I, I, I did do that, and I definitely acted like a complete asshat sometimes. So that kind of sucked. Uh, let's see. What inspired you to start your YouTube channel? Um I started, Fatima Dalal asks, I started my YouTube channel because I was blogging and writing articles and I realized that people wanted to watch things more than they wanted to read them. So I started making videos and I was right. People do want to watch more than read. So that's been the success of the YouTube channel, which is why I kept going. Uh, let's see here. Oh, Melissa, do you consider yourself more spiritual than religious? I don't, I just, I think I used to be kind of spiritual, but anymore, I'm just none of the above. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of happy believing that, you know, this is the only life there is and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's see here. I'm going to put that person in timeout. We're getting a couple trolley comments, so I'm just going to take <laughs> them out here. Um, do you guys partake in the legal marijuana? Um Yes, we do. Yeah, it's legal in Colorado. I never did drugs until I moved here. Like my entire life, kind of was was kind of proud of that. You know, never involved in anything heavier than alcohol uh, my entire life. And then when we moved here, when I moved here, I just hit me one day. Wait a minute, it's it's legal. And so then once it wasn't, you know, and then I and once I got over some of the Scientology nonsense about what they promote about drugs. Um, I realized that there maybe wasn't really anything actually wrong with it. And so I uh, started checking it out, and sure enough, <laughs> it rocks. <laughs> okay. So uh, let's see here. Favorite date night snacks. <laughs> what would you say are our favorite date night snacks? Probably, you know, uh, we eat a lot of junk food, so, you know, cookies and chips. <laughs> yeah, cheese and crackers, Candy, yeah. nachos, uh, nachos, nacho cheese and mm -hmm. chips. Uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of into that. <laughs> uh, yes, let's see here. Um, oh, my God, I love you more. Good. <laughs> Colorado is meant to be one of the UFO capitals of the world. Have either of you ever seen anything strange in the sky? Would you ever go sky watching for fun? Um, no, I've never seen anything strange in the sky, you know, just the usual stuff, but, uh, it would be kind of fun to do sky watching. <laughs> yeah, I would actually, I would actually do that once or twice just for fun. Just to see. Yeah, just to check it out. 
you know? I'm always into checking things out and looking into stuff. So I was really big into UFOs when I was a kid. I mean, really into it. Um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, that old Spielberg movie, really got me onto it. And I just, I just ate up. I mean, I read all about Project Blue Book and the Air Force, you know, the Air Force's investigation. I read tons of books. Um, since coming out of Scientology, I've looked at most of that as a kind of not cult, but oddball kind of culture because they get into some pretty weird conspiracy stuff, and you guys know how I feel about that. Um, so yeah, but I'm wide open wide open to the to the probability of there being life on other planets and you know if one of them wanted to come by and visit us i i think that is uh, got a a statistical probability much higher than reincarnation mm-hmm. or life after death or that sort of thing uh love nachos my life is lactose intolerance oh. i'm sorry to hear that i love nachos too very much um Let's see. Uh, oh, you fangirled when I said your name. Thank you, Justine. Appreciate it. Um, uh, Massachusetts. Uh, if I come by there, definitely let me know, and we will we will do a selfie. Um, do you watch Brooklyn Ninety Nine? They have an episode dealing with cult similar to Scientology. I have not ever watched Brooklyn Ninety Nine. Um, I'm sure they were doing Scientology. If the cult leader's wife was missing, I'm sure they were Scientology-inspired. Are we watching Westworld on HBO? Being Nolan fans, um, Greg, you said Chris was your favorite director. Um, is Christopher Nolan directing episodes of Westworld? I, I'm, I, that's news to me. Um, I watched the first season of Westworld. Honestly, not super impressed. Um... I see what they're trying to do, or at least I think I see what they're trying to do, and it kind of is presented a little... It's very difficult to follow and understand, so I kind of skipped season two. I haven't been watching it. I've seen, like, a little bit with him, but I need to actually, like, start from the beginning and kind of get into it or not get into it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, L asks, L Nichols, um, hey Chris, do you deal with PTSD or hypervigilance after your time in the Sea Org? I've got a few of those conditions following my time in a cult. Curious that's something you deal with. Absolutely. Um, I had nightmares. I still have dreams. I still, I mean, to this day, I still have, mm-hmm. you know, some pretty weird dreams about Scientology and the Sea Org. I've had many dreams of um, being caught back in the Sea Org, being trapped, stuck there, that sort of thing. Um, but it has definitely decreased in strength and intensity over the years, uh, like a lot. And I think the amount that I talk about it uh, has a lot to do with that. You know, write a book about it. You really get out there. I've done so many interviews and talks about the subject that I think that has unloaded a lot of baggage from my head uh, about it. And, uh, and, of course, getting educated about cults. To me, that's the go-to therapy for people coming out of this kind of situations is, is get educated about what happened to you. Um, don't try to just go off and figure it out all yourself because there's a lot to know. And I was not smart enough to figure out all the ve- mechanisms and things that happened to me in Scientology. I needed that education. And once I started getting that, all kinds of things started falling into place. And it and in the whole experience sort of re 
worked itself and uh, and made a lot more sense to me. And the more sense it made as to what happened, why it happened, how it was done, the less anxiety and stress and difficulties I had dealing with it. That's me. I, I know that that is 100% just me. I can't say that that's going to work for everybody, but I encourage people to try. Uh, okay, let's see here. Um, you should have your own channel. <laughs> All right. Yeah, <laughs> people like you. Uh, okay, what's um, what about the path and leftovers? Um, did you ever watch leftovers? No. No, I didn't either. I, I mean, I watched like an episode or two. It was a little weird. I have not watched The Path, um, kind of because I don't find it entertaining yeah. to watch cult experiences. Mm. Um, and I think The Path is meant to be educational and enlightening and entertaining. Um, I probably should. I probably should watch it. Um, I just haven't taken the time to do so. Um, yeah, the timeline in Westworld is flimsy at best. Yeah, it's weird. It, it's it's an odd show. Uh, let's see here. We're going to be wrapping up in just a minute here. Um, do I subscribe to Linda M. Howe and Joseph Farrell's vids? No. I DevPlan44 asks, no, I've not even heard of either of those. Um, send me some links. Uh, let's see. Psychological motivation. Yes. Okay, good. Okay, here's a, here's a good question. Lisa Ebbs asks, what's the one thing I could ask a person in Scientology to wake up and get them out? There isn't one question you can ask. Uh, it's individual for each person. Everybody's experiences in Scientology or any destructive cult or any group at all mm-hmm. are individual to them. There isn't a, a universal get-me-out-of-jail card when it comes to somebody in a belief system. I mean, you might as well ask, what's the one question you could ask any Christian to make them unchristian? It, it just doesn't work that way. Uh, you have to get them talking. You have to get their experiences, their doubts, fears, reservations, you know, what they, why they got involved with it. You're going to find many, many different reasons for why people get involved in these groups. And those reasons are the things you have to dis, you know, deconstruct and disentangle them from. And it's it, there's just no easy way around it. Sorry. <laughs> um, can you do an episode about trauma abuse? Yeah, I think I have done quite a few, actually. Um, if you look at my podcast with Rachel Bernstein, um, it's quite a bit about that. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm going to... Do I like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies? Of course. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're Marvel movies. I, I pretty much have liked all the Marvel movies. Yep. Yeah, she knows. Yeah. I, I, in fact, I, talking specifically about Guardians of the Galaxy movies, I was pleasantly surprised by how good they were. Because I was not expecting great things going into those movies. Uh, I mean, the, the raccoon... And the, and the talking tree, I was like, what? Seriously? This is in the same universe as <laughs> Iron Man? I'm not, you know, I, I was like, I'm not on board with this. And then I went and saw the movie, and it was so good that I was like, okay, that's good. You know, uh, we're, we're good on that. Uh, forget your answer, but Star Trek is better than Star Wars, right? <laughs> I think I said yes to that. 
Um, I think I said that Star Trek is better than Star Wars. And the reason for that uh, is not because I hate on Star Wars. I love Star Wars. It's because Star Trek has a more humanitarian and optimistic vision of our future. And it's a, it's a more real world vision. And I love that about Star Trek. Love that. Uh, okay, good. Glad I can keep watching. <laughs> Thanks, Kristen. <laughs> um... Okay, this could be the last one, and then we're going to get going. Can you speak on the person claiming to be L. Ron Hubbard returned? Yes, I can. He's an idiot. Uh, and if anybody believes his claims about being L. Ron Hubbard, you're an idiot. That is the stupidest thing ever, and I think the guy is just uh, uh, an idiot. So that's my that's my take on that. Okay. So we're going to get going here because um, you guys are awesome. And there have been some great, great questions asked here this hour. I really appreciate you guys coming around. Thank you very much for this. Um, do you have any last words? No, just thank you very much. It was fun. <laughs> cool. And, and, you know, maybe in the future we'll do this again. Yeah. Um, I, I love having my wife on board <laughs> on the channel here. So... Uh, thank you very much guys for coming around and we will see you guys I'll see you next week for a regular episode of Critical Q&A and, um, and regular channel content will be coming out now uh, now we're all done with all the wedding and honeymoon stuff alright talk to you guys later bye 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 da, 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 da.